Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. Today I bring you the saga of Halfdan the Black from Snorri Sturluson's Eimskringla. The saga relates the life and death of Halfdan, a 9th century king of Vestfold. He belonged to the house of Engling. He was son to Gudrod the Hunter and father to Harald Fairhair, who we know as the first king of a unified Norway. We join Halfdan at his mother Asa when he is already one year old, but his father Gudrod is dead. Before we begin Harald's tale, we should hear a little more of his father Gudrod, to better understand the events that lead to Asa taking her son to safety, and the lands of her father, Harald. Gudrod succeeded his father, Halfdan the Mild. He was called Gudrod the Magnificent, and also Gudrod the Hunter. He was married to Alfhild, a daughter of King Alfaren of Alfheim, and God with her half the district of Vingelmark. Their son Olaf was afterwards called Gerstad Alf. Alfheim at that time was the name of the land between the Glomin and Gotha rivers. When Alfheld died, King Gudrod sent his men west to Agder, to the king who ruled there and who was called Harald Redbeard. They were to make proposals to his daughter Asa upon the king's account, but Harald declined the match and the ambassadors returned to the king and told him the result of their errand. Soon after, King Gudrod hoped down his ships into the water and proceeded with a great force in them to Agder. He immediately landed and came altogether unexpectedly at night to King Harald's house. When Harald was aware that an army was at hand, he went out with men he had about him, and there was a great battle, although he wanted men so much. King Harald and his son Geert fell, and King Gudrod took a great booty. He carried away with him Asa, King Harald's daughter, and had a wedding with her. They had a son by their marriage called Halfdan. And the autumn that Halfdan was a year old, Gudrod went upon a round of feasts. He lay with his ship in Stiflesund, where they had been drinking hard so that the king was very tipsy. In the evening, about dark, the king left the ship, and when he had got to the end of the gangway from the ship to the shore, a man ran against him, thrust a spear through him, and killed him. The man was instantly put to death, and in the morning, when it was light, the man was discovered to be Asa's page boy. Nor did she conceal that it was done by her orders, but thus Theodor tells it. Gudrod is gone to his long rest. Despite all of his haughty pride, the traitor's spear has pierced his side. For Asa cherished in her breast revenge, and as by wine oppressed, the hero staggered from his ship, 
the cruel queen her thrallet slip to do the deed of which I sing. And now the far-descended king at Stifflesund, in the old bed of the old Gudrod race, lies dead. Halfdan the Black Saga 1. Halfdan fights with Gandalf and Sigtrig. Halfdan was a year old when his father was killed, and his mother Asa set off immediately with him westwards to Agder, and set herself there in the kingdom which her father Harald had possessed. Halfdan grew up there, soon became stout and strong, and by reason of his black hair was called Halfdan the Black. When he was eighteen years old, he took his kingdom in Agder and went immediately to Vestfold, where he divided that kingdom, as before related, with his brother Olaf. The same autumn, he went with an army to Vingelmark against King Gandalf. They had many battles, and sometimes one, sometimes the other, gained the victory. But at last they agreed that Halfdan should have a half of Vingelmark, as his father Gudrod had had it before. Then King Halfdan proceeded to Ramarika and subdued it. King Sigtrig, a son of King Eystein, who then had his residence in Hedemark, and who had subdued Ramarika before, having heard of this, came out with his army against King Halfdan, and there was a great battle, in which King Halfdan was victorious. And just as King Sigtrig and his troops were turning about to fly, an arrow struck him under the left arm, and he fell dead. Halfdan then laid the whole of Ramarika under his power. King Eystein's second son, King Sigtrig's brother, was also called Eystein, and was then king in Hedemark. As soon as Halfdan had returned to Vestfold, King Eystein went out with his army to Ramarika and laid the whole country in subjection to him. 2. Battle between Halfdan and Eystein When King Halfdan heard of these disturbances in Ramarika, he again gathered his army together and went out against King Eystein battle took place between them, and Halfdan gained the victory, and Eystein fled to Hedemark, pursued by Halfdan. Another battle took place, in which Halfdan was again victorious, and Eystein fled northwards up to the dales to the Hersir Gudbrand. There he was strengthened with new people, and in the winter he went towards Hedemark, and met Halfdan the Black upon a large island which lies in the Mulesen Lake. There a great battle was fought, Many people on both sides were slain, but Halfdan won the victory. There fell Guthorm, the son of the Hersir Gudbrand, who was one of the finest men in the uplands. Then Eystein fled north up the valley and sent his relation, Halvard Skulk, to King Halfdan to beg for peace. On consideration of their relationship, King Halfdan gave King Eystein half of Hedemark which he and his relations had held before, but kept to himself Thoten and a district called Land. He likewise appropriated to himself Hedeland, and thus became a mighty king. 3. Halfdan's Marriage Halfdan the Black got a wife called Ranhild, a daughter of Harald Gulskeg Goldbeard, who was king in Son. They had a son, to whom Harald gave his own name, and the boy was brought up in Son by his mother's father, King Harald. 
Now in this Harold had lived out his days nearly, and was become weak. Having no son, he gave his dominions to his daughter's son, Harold, and gave him the title of king, and died soon after. The same winter his daughter Anhild died, and the following spring the young Harold fell sick, and died at ten years of age. As soon as Halfdan the Black heard of his son's death, he took the road northwards to Son with a great force, and was well received. He claimed the heritage and dominion after his son, and no opposition being made, he took the whole kingdom. Earl Adley Muof the Slender, who was a friend of King Halfdan, came to him from Galar, and the king sent him over to the Son district to judge the country according to the country's laws, and collect tax upon the lands on the king's account. Thereafter, King Halfdan proceeded to his kingdom in the uplands. 4. Halfdan's Strife with Gandalf's Sons In autumn, King Halfdan proceeded to Vingelmark. One night, when he was there in guest quarters, it happened that about midnight a man came to him who had been on watch on horseback and had told him a war force was come near to the house. The king instantly got up ordered his men to arm themselves, and went out of the house and drew them up in battle order. At the same moment, Gandalf's sons, Hysing and Helsing, made their appearance with a large army. There was a great battle, but Halfdan, being overpowered by the numbers of people, fled to the forest, leaving many of his men on this spot. His foster father, Olver Speak the Wise, fell here. The people now came in swarms to King Halfdan, and he advanced to seek Gandalf's sons. They met at Eid, near Lake Oiren, and fought there. Ising and Helsing fell, and their brother Haka saved himself by flight. King Halfdan then took possession of the whole of Vingelmark, and Haka fled to Alfheimar. 5. Halfdan's marriage with Hjort's daughter Sigurd Hjort was the name of a king in Ringerike, who was stouter and stronger than any other man, and his equal could not be seen for a handsome appearance. Sigurd Hjort was the name of a king in Ringerike, who was stouter and stronger than any other man, and his equal could not be seen for a handsome appearance. His father was Helga Fass, the Sharp, and his mother was Auslog, a daughter of Sigurd the Wormide, who again was a son of Ragnar Lodbrok. It is told of Sigurd that when he was only twelve years old, he killed in single combat the berserk Hildebrand and eleven others of his comrades, and many are the deeds of manhood told of him in a long saga about his feats. Sigurd had two children, one of whom was a daughter called Ranhild, then twenty years of age and an excellent brisk girl. Her brother Guthorm was a youth, it is related in regard to Sigurd's death that he had a custom of riding out quite alone in the uninhabited forest to hunt the wild beasts that are hurtful to man, and he was always very eager at this sport. One day he rode out into the forest as usual, and when he had ridden a long way, he came out at a piece of cleared land near to Hedeland. There the berserk Haka came against him with thirty men, and they fought. Sigurd Hjort fell there, after killing twelve of Haka's men, and Haka himself lost one hand, and had three other wounds. 
Then Hake and his men rode to Sigurd's house, where they took his daughter Ranhild and her brother Guthorm, and carried them with much property and valuable articles home to Hedaland, where Hake had many great farms. He ordered a feast to be prepared, intending to hold his wedding with Ranhild, but the time passed on on account of his wounds, which healed slowly, and the berserk Hake of Hedaland had to keep to his bed all the autumn and beginning of winter. Now King Hafton was in Hedemark at the Yule Entertainments when he heard this news, and one morning early, when the king was dressed, he called to him Harik Gand and told him to go over to Hedeland and bring him Branhild, Sigurd Hjort's daughter. Harik got ready with a hundred men and made his journey so that they came over the lake to Hake's house in the grey of the morning and beset all the doors and stairs of the places where the house servants slept. Then they broke into the sleeping room where Hake slept, took Granhild with her brother Guthorm and all the goods that were there and set fire to the house servant's place, and burnt all the people in it. Then they covered over a magnificent wagon, placed Ranhild and Guthorm in it, and drove down upon the ice. Hake got up and went after them a while, but when he came to the ice on the lake, he turned his sword hilt to the ground, let himself fall upon the point, so that the sword went through him. He was buried under a mound on the banks of the lake, when King Hafton, who was very quick of sight, saw the party returning over the frozen lake with a covered wagon, he knew that their errand had been accomplished according to his desire. Thereupon he ordered the tables to be set out and sent people all round in the neighbourhood to invite plenty of guests. And the same day, there was a good feast which was also Hafton's marriage feast with Ranhild, who became a great queen. Ranhild's mother was Thorny, a daughter of Clack Harald King in Jutland, and a sister of Tira Danabod, who was married to the Danish king Gorham the Old, who then ruled over the Danish dominions. 6. Of Ranhild's Dream Ranhild, who was wise and intelligent, dreamt great dreams. She dreamt, for one, that she was standing out in her herb garden and she took a thorn out of her shift. But while she was holding the thorn in her hand, it grew so that it became a great tree, one end of which struck itself down into the earth and became firmly rooted, and the other end of the tree raised itself so high in the air that she could scarcely see over it, and it also became wonderfully thick. The under part of the tree was red with blood, but the stem upwards was beautifully green and the branches white as snow. There were many, many great limbs to the tree, some high up, others down low, and so vast were the tree's branches that they seemed to her to cover all Norway, and even much more. 7. Of Halfdan's Dream King Halfdan never had dreams, which appeared to him in extraordinary circumstance, and he told it to a man called Thorleif Spake, the wise, and asked him what his advice was about it. Torleif said that what he himself did when he wanted to have any revelation by dream was to take his sleep in a swine sty, and then it never failed that he had dreams. The king did so, and the following dream was revealed to him. He thought he had the most beautiful hair, which was all in ringlets, some so long as to fall upon the ground, some reaching to the middle of his legs, some to his knees, 
some to his loins or in the middle of his sides, some to his neck, and some were only as not springing from his head. These ringlets were of various colours, but one ringlet surpassed all the others in beauty, luster, and size. This dream he told to Thorleif, who interpreted it as this. That there should be a great posterity from him, and his descendant should rule over the countries with great, but not all equally great, honour. But one of his race should be more celebrated than all others. It was the opinion of the people that this ringlet betokened King Olaf the Saint. King Hafton was a wise man, a man of truth and uprightness, who made laws, observed them himself, and obliged others to observe them, and that violence should not come in place of the laws. He himself fixed the number of criminal acts in the law, and the compensations, mullets, or penalties for each case, according to everyone's birth and dignity. Queen Ranhild gave birth to a son, and water was poured over him, and the name of Harald given him, and he soon grew stout and remarkably handsome. As he grew up, he became very expert at all feats, and showed also good understanding. He was much loved by his mother, but less so by his father. 8. Halfton's meat vanishes at a feast. King Halfton was at a Yule feast in Hedeland, where a wonderful thing happened one Yule evening. When the great number of guests assembled were going to sit down to the table, all the meat and all the ale disappeared from the table. The king sat alone, very confused in mind. All the others set off, each to his home, in consternation. That the king might come to some certainty about what had occasioned this event, he ordered a Finn to be seized, who was particularly knowing, and tried to force him to disclose the truth. But however much he tortured the man, he got nothing out of him. The Finn sought help particularly from Harald, the king's son, and Harald begged for mercy for him, but in vain. Then Harald let him escape against the king's will and accompanied the man himself. On their journey, they came to a place where the man's chief had a great feast, and it appears they were well received there. When they had been there until spring, the chief said, Thy father took it much amiss that in winter I took some provisions from him. Now I will repay it to thee my joyful piece of news. Thy father is dead, and now thou shalt return home and take possession of the whole kingdom which he had, and with it thou shalt lay the whole kingdom of Norway under thee. 9. Halfdan's death Halfdan the Black was driving from a feast in Hedeland, and it so happened that his road lay over the lake called Rand. It was in spring, and there had been a great thaw. They drove across the bight called Reikensvik, where in the winter there had been a pond broken in the ice for cattle to drink at, and where the dung had fallen upon the ice, the thaw had eaten it into holes. Now, as the king drove over it, the ice broke, and King Halfdan and many with him perished. He was then forty years old. He had been one of the most fortunate kings in respect of good seasons. The people thought so much of him that when his death was known and his body was floated to Ringerica to bury there, the people of most consequence from Ramerica, Vestfold and Hedemark came to meet it. 
all desired to take the body with them to bury it in their own district. At last it was agreed to divide the body into four parts. The head was laid in a mound at Stein in Ringerike, and each of the others took his part home and laid it in the mound. And these have since been called Halfdan's Mounds. I very much hope you have enjoyed our saga today and thank you for joining me. Please feel free to get in touch. Email is mlegendlore at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at loremyth. We are also on Facebook and patreon.com forward slash mythlegendlore. As always, I must extend my sincere thanks to my wonderful Patreon family. You guys helped to make this podcast possible and I really appreciate that now more than ever. I hope everyone is safe and well and taking good care of one another. I'm Siobhan Clark. Thank you for listening to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. <laughs>